This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are going to be catching you and one another up on our Thanksgiving break. I'm thankful, I'm thankful to be here with you, Rhett. Thankful to be back. I'm thankful that you are listening, you who are listening. Man, what if you're, you're driving, you're, you're jogging, you're, I, sometimes I just like to think about what people are doing when Somebody's on the elliptical because oh. I tend to do a lot of podcast listening on the elliptical. You know, uh, when we were recently doing our little tour and we would both go to the gym together, uh, and you had, well, we wouldn't go to the gym together. We, we would, would go to the gym at the same time. We would we were like ships passing in the night. You would do your gym thing and I would do my gym thing. Uh, and I noticed, yeah, I came up to you, and actually I came up to you and told you that I'd just seen J.J. Reddick on the elevator. elevator and didn't say anything to him because. I didn't realize it was him at first, then I kind of froze and then he got off. Mm-hmm. Um, you, my friend, were on the treadmill, not the elliptical. Yeah. Now I do the elliptical because it's low impact, right? So you don't have to worry about any sort of knee, back, Is all that, those things. Yeah. But what, what's, your, what, 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 what's your treadmill thing? My treadmill thing? Well, um, the, I, for, I'm, I'm a little intimidated by the elliptical. I don't know, I've never done the elliptical. The only elliptical we I've had done an elliptical. Is we owned an elliptical. When we, yeah, I, I remember back when we were in like the Lillington basement. <laughs> you, Rhett shows up one day. He's like, "I'm, I'm doing it, man. I'm ordering an elliptical." And th- there's actually an episode of the Rhett and Link Cast live where we like great show where we were talking about the fact that you had just gotten this elliptical, and I think the elliptical was like on, in the on the set. And I'm I might have used it during that show, and I don't I never used it after that. I'm not going to say you uh, you didn't use it after that either, but you didn't use it after that either. Uh, I used it more than you did. I was I'm I don't know something about it intimidates me, and there's no I did 45 minutes on the elliptical just this morning. I just did like, well, I listened to what I'm going to wreck at the end of this uh, this podcast. Okay. Because it was exactly that length. Another podcast? Uh huh. Oh, that's dangerous, man. You start to recommend another podcast. No, I feel like you get. Po- they're barely listening to this one. You get podcasts in people's blood. You want to keep it in their blood, even okay. if it's other podcasts. All right. Well, that, that's my theory. I, we should be secure enough in what we're doing here that people can take it or leave it. I am. But to answer your question, I don't really have a. I mean, I don't get on a treadmill, much less an elliptical in my in my normal workouts. I don't, that's not a part of what I do at, at my gym. I don't do it when I'm with my trainer. I only do it when I'm trying to get like extra cardio. I just, yeah, I just I just did it as a warm up. but there's like a screen and you can put. A hike can, in there. You can put like a, yeah, like you're running in in. You can Bryce do that on the, on the elliptical as well. Oh, you can? There, it's the same, it's literally the same, except one is like 
Super low impact. And you know what, I'm nervous the whole time, especially when you came up to me and you scared me. And also. All of a sudden out of nowhere you were like, hey, in my ear. But the other thing is with the elliptical, the things you're holding on to with your hands are monitoring your heart in the moment and t- giving you feedback and giving you the yeah, accurate I, calorie Yeah, cause counts. I don't hold on to that railing when I'm running. I, I see no advantage to the treadmill unless I'm missing something. I mean, you maybe look cooler. Did I look cool? No, you okay. didn't. Okay, well then there's not but, that. But I mean, maybe people in general do. Um, Can I make an observation? I'm also nervous that I'm gonna fall off the elliptical and face plant. So, oh, yeah. I said elliptical, but I meant yeah, treadmill. Tra- I, I'm I should sc- be on the elliptical. I'm intimidated by the treadmill. Ne- well, ne- next time I'm at a, at a at a gym, I'm gonna get Come on the Come join elliptical. me on the elliptical. No, can I, can I make an observation? Come join you on the elliptical? Me and you on one elliptical? Sure, I bet you we could do it. That'll draw attention. Um, <laughs> now, did that. What, what if I showed up at your gym and like, we literally did it'd be, everything it'd tandem. It'd be tough for two men to be on elliptical, but I'm sure we can do it. Okay. Let me make an observation. Hey, let's, by the way, let's make a note don't. of that. I'm, before we forget, I just wanna make a mental note. To two add, men on elliptical. To add that to the list, you know, we got, we've got, we got a running, running list. list. You, yeah. know, you know what I'm talking about. I was already thinking it. So. I'm, we're gonna go to your gym, we're gonna see. It's not 2020 yet, but uh, I have a, I, I'm thinking that maybe in 2020, on the the podcast, I'm gonna stop wearing headphones. Thanks for noticing. Well, it's, uh, it's hard to notice because your hair is so, I mean, they could have been hiding in there. But I'm gonna make an observation. You are talking so much louder than you would be if you were just having a conversation with me. Really? And it makes me think that I must be talking more quietly than I normally do. Because I don't ever think that you're talking loudly, but like, you're, you're talking telling- louder than a normal person would talk to a person this close to them. And it's because you have headphones on. And it's weird because it actually really, it really pumps into your ears. I actually, the, if I, yeah, I would've put money on that I'm talking quiet, more quietly. Am I talking more quietly than I normally do, Kiko? Well, no, because I'm listening See, to you really? through the headphones. I'm hearing you. I feel like I'm talking louder in order to keep up with you. I, I turn my volume down. Because I was just thinking, Maybe I'm gonna do no headphones because I don't really need them. I know how to stay close to the mic. I used my extra long beard as like whiskers and it makes contact with it. I know how close I am to it. All right, so if I'm this, I'm talking at the volume that I would normally talk. If you know, this is this is link volume at the beginning of a podcast. Just a little louder than how I'll you be later. You don't sound too loud in general. Like someone who's listening right now wouldn't think anything of it, but I'm just saying, if we were just having a conversation and you were 24 inches from me, you wouldn't be talking this loud. Well, I took my headphones off in and the middle of your sentence. You're talking, and now you're talking normally. I'm talking quieter? Yes, definitely. But, but because you're a, you were talking like this. You were a lot more quiet. I tend to use the treadmill. I am intimidated by the elliptical. Keep talking. And now, th- this is, I mean, I'm just talking normally. Well, you're, you're definitely louder in my ears when I have the headphones on than when I take them off. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, I, I know, know you, I know you'd wanna keep those headphones on. Like, I, 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 I actually don't know. Really? I don't. I mean, as long as Kiko has headphones on and can monitor everything, make sure that nothing goes wrong. I mean, we had this like mentality that like we're all, back in the day it was just to, to, to us. <laughs> nobody just to was us. Nobody was listening to us, so we had to know if something went wrong. All right, fine, I'll take them off, but listen. Let your hair breathe. The real reason we're doing this is something to do with your hair. Uh, well, I actually feel more free without them on, but yeah, it's like, because I have so much hair now, it does create a, this 
problem that then I have to like try to correct. And I, why take the extra time if it's okay. not doing anything for me? All right, I'm, all right, I'm I'm going raw, guys. We're going to give it a shot. Um, see, I think l- later in this episode, when I when I talk about what happened to me over Thanksgiving, I think I'm going to get more introspective. I think I'm probably going to get a little quieter. But as long as you remain close to the microphone, as long as I remain close to the microphone, it'll be fine. Yeah. As long as what I'm you not, don't want to do is go back. As long as I'm not, I, I don't do that. I'm a pro. Right. I'm a professional. I mean, sometimes I might go back here for effect, like ha 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 ha. Okay. Ah, room effect, and then I come back close like this because um, I'm also a professional. All right. Let Let's just see how this goes. See, Tico's over there adjusting knobs. Are you Are you making me hotter? Just a little bit. Okay. Because so you, I am talking quieter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that I've taken the see, I would have thought it would have been the opposite. Why why do I talk louder with the headphones on? I don't know, and I don't know if I also do. Let me see. I guess I got to do it now. now I well, yeah, I mean, you got to you got to really put yourself see, and there's cords in a neutral place. Don't overthink it. Just start talking. So right now I'm just talking normally. Like well, this you're is t- a, no, you're, no, you're this, quieter. This is no, if I was having a conversation with you. Okay, maybe if I'm emphasizing a point, I would yeah, be, like, be like that. Okay, I'm making a point now. To keep talking. You, I'm making a point now, and now I feel like. Um, I don't know, maybe I talk the same exact level. I feel like I'm talking the same exact level that I was. You, yeah, that's because it's not a blind experiment. No, but I, I'm trying to respond to what I was just hearing. That's not how science works. No, I'm responding to the, I'm putting myself into the mood that I've been in for years. I know you're trying these, your best. With these things on. It's inconclusive, that's all I'm saying. Well, what is conclusive is that you talk louder when they're on. Well, they're off. I don't want to talk louder. I'll tell you something else is conclusive. You messed up your hair. Yeah. And see what I got to do now? You didn't mess it up. It's constantly messed up. No, no. If I if I kept it on for longer, and it's, honestly, that's not the primary reason. I just sat down and I looked into the monitor and I was like, "Now I got to fix my we hair." We don't need stuff. headphones. We don't need them until we realize we do. You know what? Let's move on cuz I got I got a milestone that happened to me this morning. I want to share it. Okay. And then at the end, maybe we can come back and say, you know what, this is good. This morning uh, marks a moment in my life, a culmination of a project that I've been investing myself in for months. Like over six months of investment has led up to this morning. Okay. And what happened, and I'm extremely proud of myself. I finally achieved it. My daughter drove herself and her brother to school themselves, herself. That's right, my daughter, Lily, 16 years old, has a bona fide driver's license. She got in a car, her brother, Lincoln, got in the passenger seat and they drove to school and I didn't take them, Christy didn't take them, no one had to come back with the car because she drove it, she parked it, she got out of it, and she walked into school. I'm so proud of myself. It took a lot of work. Okay. This was not easy. Now, I know that you had resistance initially in this, the same resistance that I'm currently experiencing, which is. Way to go, me. Um, it's, a different, it's a different time, right? And LA is also different than where we grew up. But it has been difficult to get our kids. I cannot get Locke, who will be 16 in February, I cannot get him to begin driver's ed. Oh gosh. 
Yeah, and he could have, I mean, at, I think at 14 and a half, you can start taking the class. So by 15, you're eligible to get your learner's permit, and then you have to have it a certain amount of time. And until, I'm the I'm only like, person in my family who is an advocate for this. For some reason, Locke doesn't care because he he takes Uber and. Lily was not motivated, but I was very motivated. I mean, I got two more kids in the house. Like, I'm if, and I'm not the one doing most of the running around. It's like Christy would be like, I I feel like, I'm a taxi driver. Like she she would make that complaint, and I would get it because I mean, even on the weekends, or like when I would get home, and be like, oh, you got to pick up, got to pick up this kid from here, and you got to take this yeah, kid here. It's bullcrap. Um, and, and and we didn't do, we didn't. We didn't do the hop, skip, and a Uber thing that you did, so we never got into that because it just wasn't it wasn't for our family, okay, whatever. <laughs> but so so we were we were taking him around. It's like I gotta I gotta stay on it. So it's like she but she wasn't motivated. She's got a friend who um, I heard her friend say it herself. She was like, at this point, I'm just waiting until I turn 18 to get my license because at that point you can just get a license and there's no restrictions on it. and You don't have to go through all the rigmarole. I just don't understand. So she man. just wait. She's like, just waiting. Freedom, like automobile, I know. represents freedom. And I, I, I had a really hard time. I was not successful at giving Lily to transfer any excitement or any vision for that freedom that we experienced when we turned sixteen, or we're just chomping at the bit. Like, I mean, in October. Uh, when you turned sixteen, I was at the I'd, DMV on on my birthday. Oh my gosh, man! And I was waiting. I was waiting for you to. You came to my house and picked me up, and then we just rode nowhere. It was the only. It was, it was, it was literally it was wonderful. The only thing that I thought about for months. Yeah, you just and we just drove around. The idea that it's not a priority again. I know they. It, it's 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 a different time. I've heard this from many parents that they're having yeah, trouble getting their common. kids getting their kids to care about even kids back in North Carolina. Yeah. It's not just an LA thing, and I and and you easily just reduce it to like, well, it's the screens, and I think that does, there there is a level of connectivity that defrays the need to get in a car and meet up with people or show up places because you're constantly in each other's feeds, so you're constantly in each other's faces, or you're constantly in each other's video game thingies, um, video game thingies. But even once we got in the car and we started driving around and realized we had nowhere to go, we weren't complaining. We were reveling and just driving nowhere for hours, listening to the, listening to tapes. And I'm, I never really transferred that passion to Lily. I just started to institute. Well, you can't, you can't, that's not no. how it works. I just started instituting levels of bribery and, and um, control. So well, that, yeah, I, I, there's many ultimatums that I've made that you know when, once you're once you have once you wouldn't be able to drive yourself somewhere at that point you're responsible for getting there and that means financially too you know that's that's what I've said okay I think this is where you shot yourself in the foot because among many other things like like I said bribery like if you make it you got to do like a forty or fifty hour course and then pass the test before you can get your learner's permit, which then you gotta go to the DMV, oh, there's all, it's never simple at any point in the process. But because we never did the Uber or the, there, there was never any way for our kids to get anywhere unless we took them. And um, so I started to say, when Lily would say, I need to go here or I need to 
I need to pick up my friend or I have to show up for this thing or can you pick me up here? Um, I would be like, no, but I will point out if you had your license, you could do this. So she started to feel the pain of not being able to do some things that she wanted to do. It didn't happen a lot, but it did happen some. So you didn't, you don't have that card to play because of the Uber thing. He's not gonna pay, he doesn't have any money to pay for it. Okay, so you just, so. He okay. might be, he might then be able that to, does work. He, he might be able to go like one place. Have you been doing that? No, I said when it, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know what the timeline is. Right now. For when it's like, okay, now at this point, I'm not taking you to this place and if you wanna go, you have to pay for it. Now. Okay, I have to get my wife on board with this. Here's the thing. I don't know how your wife thought about this. My wife is so concerned about their safety that she's like, you know, I don't know if I want him driving in LA. I'm like, well, he's gonna drive, he's gonna dr drive in yeah. Los Angeles yeah. at, at some point. I th yeah, it, the thing that Christy told me was, she was like, well, when she does get her license, she can't drive that Scion. She's gotta get a car with a backup camera. And I'm like, backup camera? I, I, I backed up, you know, if you look at all the times I backed up over the years, I, I, you could back up around the moon twice. Any amount of times I backed up and I never once had a camera. That's questionable, but. Never once had a, a camera. Lot. Yeah, in fact, you should learn to back up without the camera before you start using the camera. Because I can tell you right now. Camera, I, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it's raining and it gets blurry, it gets foggy. You gotta know how to back up a car without the camera. In fact, if, you're, if you give your uh, a kid a car it's got a backup camera. You're handicapping them. At the beginning, you need like to golf. Put, you need to put tape over that backup like camera. Golf? Oh, put it, put you it, put tape over the backup camera until they prove that they can back up. Like Stevie's webcam. I am Stevie puts a post-it note over a webcam. Right now, I am exclusively reliant upon the uh, backup camera, I, and I can back up at like, like a seventy-eight miles per hour. You can back up at seventy. I come down my driveway. You know my driveway's kind of steep and nuts. you don't even have, yeah you don't give it a bit of gas and you're going you're accelerating like like a. Yeah, yeah, I like got a pedal to the metal going downhill backwards. Man, if there was a trash can down there, it would obliterate it. So what, why was it, in, why was today the first day that she that she drove? Um, she's had her license. She for, hasn't wanted to? She's had her license for a few months and she's been, well, to park at school, it's all curb parking. And they do yeah, not they don't have enough parking. teach curb parking. They do not require uh, parallel parking or curb parking as part of the t driving test. Yeah. Um, so I had to take her out and start teaching her to park on the curb to prepare her, give her the confidence to, to park to go to school. There's no parking lot, yeah, it's just street it's, parking. Right, yeah. Um, so I, I took her out and um, I, first of all, I never tell her, I'm just like, we're going for a drive. And then I'm like, okay, I want you to park here. It's like, Dad, I don't know how to parallel park. It's like, exactly, now we're gonna do it. Kids, man, kids. It's like, why do they say things like that? Dad, I don't know how to parallel park. <laughs> why the hell do you think we're here? <laughs> and are you okay with just continuing right. on in your inability? Yeah, I was Well, pretty, I don't understand. And, and I don't think that we were like that. And that firm, I, I. Kids these days. And that is the reason why I was the one doing it and not Christy, because Christy, you know, she didn't, she doesn't want to like fuel Lily's anxiety as she's learning, but I'm like, I'm kind of fed up, so I'm f very firm. Yeah. And but she she responded positively, and and um, she parallel parked. I mean, we did it, you know, ten times, and then 
I was like, okay, now you can drive to school. She was like, I don't feel comfortable. So then before the break, every day that I could, I would ride with her to school and tell her where to park and I would just be there to like guide her through it. But we we like, we basically found a way, a place where she could park on the curb and be the last car uh, so she wouldn't have to do like the parallel parking thing. So we found that and we did that for like a few days. So like yesterday I was, she was parking, getting out of the car and then I was getting in and driving the car back. So there was a couple of weeks of that. And did she know that today was the day? Um, yesterday she knew that, yeah. And she did it. And I was, my, I wasn't totally ready. I was in the shower and I was like, oh man, she's about to leave for school and I don't want Christy to take her. I wanna make sure that she goes. So I put a towel around my waist and I got out of the shower and I run downstairs as, as she's yelling at Lincoln, we gotta go, it's time to go, which is every morning. And they, so then I met him in, the, in my front yard. I'm wearing nothing but a towel and I'm like, you can do this. You can park. You can go to school on your own. Let's take a photo. She refused the photo. Smart, ah. smart girl. But I'm very proud of Lily. She she did. I mean, I'm, I'm I am proud of myself, but I'm proud of her too because she did. She responded, you know. And and you know what? She's she she's starting to get it. Right when we got back from Thanksgiving break, we're like driving back from the airport. And she's like, "When we get home, I'm gonna go see a friend of mine." Yeah, and exactly. I'm like, it's, I'm like, yes, you do. You go, girl. Well, it's you not, do that. It's not just freedom. I mean, first of all. It's illogical because you are going to need to drive at some point, right? And so the more experience you have up never until, drove. The, well, most people are going to need to drive. And the more experience you have under your belt, the better you will be at things. It's just like starting something earlier, like when you go back and you're like, ah, I wish I had taken up skiing before I was 25 years old because you take it, you start doing things that are involved like coordination on some level. The younger you start, the better you are for the rest of your life. Yeah, like learning Japanese. It's not exactly, but similar. And, but then the freedom isn't just for them, it's for you, the parent as oh, well. It's mostly about me. Yeah, for I mean. Me. Like, I mean, I think I've made that abundantly clear. And I clear. don't know what it is. I, I know that our wives have a significantly higher tolerance for just like doing things for the kids than we do. Um, but I'm just like, Jesse, I mean, do, doesn't it just frustrate the pure hell out of you that you have to like <laughs> stop doing something and take the kids somewhere? I mean, yeah. to, for me, I guess I'm more selfish. I'm just like, no, I don't wanna take you anywhere right now. Right. I'm doing exactly what I wanna do. And don't, and but the selfishness lines up because don't you wanna just go? It's a beautiful thing when selfishness lines up in right. the family. But it did open. I can't, I, I mean, I gotta reevaluate, man. But I will I gotta say, get my wife on board. It did open up another phenomenon because she went to her friend's house that night and then we're exhausted because of the time change. And I like texted her and I was like, when are you coming back? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, Jade's been confused because you know, I went and picked up Jade from your house. Thank you for getting Jade from the, from the place. For from me. the place. So I wouldn't have to wait until the next day to get Jade from the place, from the kennel, the non-kennel kennel. I really appreciate that. That's, that's being a good friend, getting my dog. It was pretty easy. I was like, Jade's, Jade hasn't located you, so she's like anxious, she's worried. 
so you, you need to come on back home. She was like, well I can come back in 10 minutes or I can come back right now, it actually worked. But then I realized I went down and I took Jade and we were like in her bed waiting for her to get back, like just sitting on her bed. And um, so it was the, now we've moved to the waiting up phase of kiddom. And I didn't think I'd be that guy. The waiting up for you to get home before I go to sleep parent, but I, I kinda did it for Christy because Christy was exhausted and she was like, when's Lily coming back? And I know that she would want one of us to stay up. So I, I kinda did it for Christy, I kinda did it for me though. So I don't know if this is a new thing. It doesn't sound selfish, it's weird. I was waiting up for my child to get home. Yeah, we, um, I mean world. I do think that there, uh, I do think we probably apply different standards to like whether how much you worry about Lily being out late uh, as a girl versus Locke being out late as a guy, uh, you know. Um, but there definitely have been times when Jesse and I have gone to sleep and he's not back yet. But it's part of the plan. Yeah, thanks. Do does he wake you up when he comes home? He's like, hey, I'm I'm back. We tend to not be very plan oriented in the McLaughlin household. He doesn't have a curfew? Oh yeah, I mean he can't stay out for until until whenever. Like we know what he's doing and where he's going, and I can locate him on on my with my phone or whatever. Um, but it's kind of like I know what who you're with and what you're doing, and there's a general sort of expectation of when you'll be back. It isn't like oh it's one a.m. I'm back. But there and it's not a normal thing. I'm just saying there have been times when we just go to bed and it's like all right he's we know where he's at. He's gonna he's coming home. He's not like spending the night at this house. I'm not saying it's wise, I'm just saying that we tend to not be real concerned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, no judgment, I'm just saying I don't know if that's if that's where I'm headed next. We haven't even gotten into our Thanksgivings mm -hmm. though, so we should do that. Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well guess what, your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of Superfeet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Superfeet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, Superfeet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes, and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot, from cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive. You can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm -hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. 
Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Okay, let's talk about Thanksgiving. We had uh, pretty different Thanksgivings because you went back to North Carolina, saw family, and I did not, and I actually, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, I had people at my house that I'd never met before. Yeah, I for Thanksgiving. I, I, I how did that happen? And you also, you, it was just people you, walking you, by. I invited them in. You told me you were going to fry. There's a two woman turkeys. that walks backwards up the hill. I said, like, "Come on in and tell me why you do that. It's crazy." Are you what? You haven't seen these people who walk backwards? What are you talking about? Uh, there is a thing that people do, and I think that there's probably a story behind it. There are more than a few people who walk backwards up hills. Some people walk backwards in general, but the people, in fact, there's there's a person, uh, so I, she hasn't done it recently, but uh, Kelly Oxford, uh, you know, writer, filmmaker, she on her Instagram used to like show this dude who was walking backwards everywhere and it was just flat surface, walking flat. I haven't seen that, but there's at least two people in my neighborhood who walk backwards, but they're always doing it uphill. And I don't know if, if they're like, I feel safe, because if I start falling, I can. Get, I don't know what it is, but I saw the woman this morning walking backwards. There are two people in your neighborhood who walk at backwards up hills. And I don't know if one started and the other one was like, that's a good idea, but I think this is a thing. I think there's a philosophy to it, to walking backwards up hills. I can't, I can't come up with what that might be. But I, it was really just a joke because I didn't invite her in. That those weren't the people that I invited. It was just people who came with friends. I think it might be a like a a physiological pain thing, like a knee it or ankle yeah, thing. Yeah, it doesn't hurt my knee when I walk backwards. Yeah, I'm sure we can figure it out. Are they older but people? Not now. Uh, over forty, and okay. which okay. is me. Well, I guess I'm old. Well, and you you told me that you were frying two turkeys, and I was a little worried Three. about that. Three? Yeah, triple turkey. You triple turkey. I uh, triple turkey. So that you must have invited a lot of strangers to your house. Well, it's it's a little complicated. I assume that it's just people Jesse knew that you didn't know. No, 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 no. There were two people who neither of us had ever met. Isn't this what you said last year that you didn't want to do this year? You, you I probably did. I say a lot of things. You were talking about things even last I, year. My kids stay out whenever they want it was to. A bunch of people, and um, you were like, you know, I don't. I, I think I'll do it differently. Well, I will say, okay, here's, here's, here's what I'll say. Uh, you weren't at that Thanksgiving last year, right? Nope, I was so, at home. So you've heard, a, you've heard, I feel like I can. I was playing cards at a gas station. I feel like I remember. can speak more freely about last year's Thanksgiving now that we're a year out from it. But so one of my friends invited a lot of people to a Thanksgiving celebration, a Friendsgiving if you will, but it wasn't really a Friendsgiving because it was the majority of the people who were there, I feel like I didn't know, or at yeah. least half. I can't really remember, but a lot of people I didn't know. And I didn't really mind it, but the thing that really, 
was a problem is that they had gotten this guy who was a chef to make all the food and it was like the expectations were really, really high but then he just did a really LA sort of approach to okay, things. Okay, I remember that. He did a dressing that is best described as a deconstructed dressing, you know, like it was just kinda like pieces of bread that, I mean, it was. It, this is all recap. I know, but I feel like it's a setup for why I did things the way I did them this year. Okay. Uh, and I did not tell, I, I'm giving, this is all new information because I didn't say, I didn't talk uh, crap about the food. I'm doing that a year later. Oh. Uh, there were some vegan friends uh, of mine who brought a bunch of vegan desserts. Like there wasn't even a freaking pumpkin pie that wasn't. There was no butter in any of the desserts. It, it's just like, listen, y'all. If you it, th Thanksgiving, if you if just a couple of times a year you're gonna let it all hang out, let it all hang out. Unzip it, unbutton it. And I and listen, if unfurl you, it. If you, I, okay, I get it. If you're a vegan, you're not gonna put butter in something. But if 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 you're not a vegan. Put butter in it and put a lot of butter and a lot of sugar and get it to taste good. Like let that be the goal. So you were focused on a traditional sugar and butter first There was so, menu. Much, so much butter and so much sugar. And fried turkey. And a lot of meat. So um, yeah, I deep fried three turkeys and the reason I did three turkeys is because when uh, our friend Jenny found out that I was deep frying turkeys. <laughs> she said, uh, you mind if I bring by just a turkey breast and you can fry that too for my leftovers? <laughs> <laughs> I love her. And I was like, of course, I don't, I mean. Okay, I so don't you're mind. counting her turkey breast as a, yeah, cause you got the vat, it's hot, you might as well dunk another. Right, it was like, and I was almost like, you know what, I'll start with your turkey breast because that'll be, it's a little bit of a guinea pig. It wasn't a guinea pig, it was a turkey, but it would be like my test turkey. And, uh, and, she, could, and she was funny cause she was like, my dad has this tradition of like completely cooking a separate turkey breast and that is your leftover. So you don't, there's not a lot of pressure on the mm. main turkey to be leftovered. To eat it all. And uh, you, then you got this completely like prime turkey breast that is ready to go. And she was like, and can you put this poultry magic uh, rub on it? And she gave, she gave me the rub. She brought me the turkey breast and the rub. And I was like, sure, no problem. But with the other two, and, and she and she got, uh, it was like a butterball turkey. It was like, you know, a turkey that was like nice and packaged, turkey breast nice and packaged. It comes with it. It's already got like a sodium and sugar sort of solution in it, so you don't need to brine it. Mm -hmm. But of course, my wife <laughs> gets <laughs> the like heritage farm organic, never frozen turkey that's been like, you know, this, tur this turkey's been life. massaged, this turkey's probably like taking calculus classes to get ready for this moment. Mm. And uh, these turkeys were like $85 a piece for a 13 pound turkey, just to put yeah, things into perspective. These were some expensive ass turkeys. And it wasn't a bigger turkey, because they're when the well-treated turkeys are smaller. Right, they don't have those giant antibiotic Boobies. breasts. You know, that are just like pulsating and ready to be eaten. No, <laughs> these are like a little more natural. These turkeys have, you know, they've, they've, they've run around the yard a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I was like, I gotta get this right. These are some expensive turkeys. And I did two turkeys because 
I did the whole like, you roughly do a pound per person and that's you're gonna get leftovers with that. And I was like, you know what, I want a lot of leftovers and I want them, if one turkey turns out better than the other, you know, give me two turkeys. So, but I did the brining. I brined it two days ahead of time. I did the uh, the rub and I did all um, all this homemade. Now I followed the Pioneer Woman's recipe. Me and the Pioneer Woman are like this. Pioneer Woman. Uh, she had a television show, didn't she? Yeah. And uh so I I followed her brining recipe and her rubbing recipe <laughs> and and then I injected. I had my way with this these turkeys. Okay. I rubbed them. I injected them. I brined them. I'm beginning and, to understand why you invited strangers over. And you, um I spent more way to, too much time with those turkeys. You can you're more. You can get away with more bragging. Uh, well, when the pe- you know people don't know you that well, they'll sit there and listen to you brag about what you did to your turkeys for you know hours. I, I did, no, I actually had a lot of self-deprecating talk about the turkeys because I was nervous about them. Because it, what is the one thing that everyone's worried about with turkey, and what is the one thing that people like you ham men think complain about? You don't want a dry turkey. It's too dry. And my theory is that it isn't that people don't like turkey; it's that people don't like dry turkey, and that most people and a lot of people who do not like turkey have been deprived of adequately moist turkey and therefore they've come to wrong conclusions about turkeys. It isn't actually dry if you do it right. So, uh, so I was, but I didn't, you know, I'm deep frying these things. I hadn't done that in like 15 years. One time Chris and I did it back in North Carolina, but it was different. I got the electric fryer. So I didn't do the whole gas situation. I read the statistic that 4,300 people a year burn their homes down deep frying turkeys, which sounds like a made up stat, but I saw it on many websites, so it must be true. So this is basically like a giant deep fryer that has a lid and everything. Got the oil, peanut oil, put it in there. It's all about getting the right level on that oil. Well, there's they make it easy. There's a, there's a min line and a max line and uh, if you it basically said if your turkey is a certain size or, or certain pounds, if you put it at the max line, it'll be covered or whatever. So I did that and it was fine. Uh, finished that first turkey. It looked great. Um, did the second one and the third one. It was not easy to hold the get the temperature because you wanted, it, anyway. I was a little bit worried because I thought I went a little too long, but boy, the turkey talk started as soon as people started biting into those breasts. And of course, I, I had, I, I, I did dark meat and white meat on the platter. I did dark meat on one side and white meat, and I did the whole thing. I, me and me and Nick, we sat there and we just trimmed it. We took all the meat off. It was completely just. Did you have an electric got, cutter. I, 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 Jenny, the way that she paid for her turkey is she let me use her electric knife, oh, and yeah. so I cut it up. It had a little bit of the, it, it was, it had, the brine flavor was coming through because I put some orange peel in there only because the pioneer woman wanted me to and I do whatever she says. Mm-hmm. And, she uh, strangled a wolf. Yeah, and all I can say is the turkey was a success and I'm very proud of myself. I, I mean, I, it was the moistest breast this side of the Mississippi. I'm sure east of the Mississippi there were some very moist breasts because those people in the South can really cook. Well, the pioneer woman is west of the Mississippi as well. She probably cooking because up she's a on turkey. the plains. Yeah, she's cooking up a turkey this year. Um, but no, I, and so and Jesse was like, "Well, you're in trouble now because you've got to do that again. You 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 have to do this every year that we're here because you you've shown that you can't like living like above the ground." Uh, but the problem is so, so much time. In fact, I actually had this whole idea that I was going to Instagram this process. I had a, a whole character, Terry 
in his turkey tutorials. I had a whole character, I had a pair of glasses. A whole thing that I was gonna do. And as soon as I got into looking at the directions, I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> I don't have the ability to be entertaining and do this right. Maybe <laughs> next year, Terry and his turkey tutorials. Turkey Terry gonna come back. We'll be back. We'll be here for the first time because now I understand what I'm up against. Turkey Terry had to tarry until 2020. Um, but it was a success. But the 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 phenomenon of um, and just just so you you know, I'm going to talk about my Thanksgiving and then I'm going to hand it over to Link and he's going to talk all about his Thanksgiving. It's I'm not intentionally hogging the conversation. Yeah. We have a plan. Don't bring a hog into this. Uh, but Keep it you, with turkey. But you did have a hog on your Thanksgiving, I assume. Um, so, but you, but you didn't have the. Mo- I, man, I should have kept some of that breast behind for you, so you could see how moist it is. But anyway, um, having people. I'm a ham man. I wasn't particularly. I like to save the ham for Christmas. That's the thing. I, I'm a ham, ham, Christmas ham, and I like. It's so they're so close together. The holidays are so close together. They're like a month apart. So I feel like ham, ham. Can a ham man have too much ham? I feel like I can. <laughs> I don't. I wasn't super excited about having people that I didn't know because I tend to be a hermit and a loner and I'm the kind of guy that when there's a bunch of people in my house, I like go upstairs for a little bit. I'm that guy. Yeah. Uh, but my wife is my wife, as you know, and she's like the most welcoming and hospitable person on the face of the planet uh, and will talk to a stranger until like 4 a.m. Um, and so I was like, no, this is good. I, and I wanna adjust This meaning I, what? Having people that I don't know is great. Well, how do people you don't know show up? Is it people? They knew people that I do know. So, okay, so it's like, hey, bring other, friends. bring other people. Well, it's like, hey. We, we're in LA. You, we invi- to- you invite one, you invite this okay. one family and they're like, well, we're gonna, we were gonna get together with so-and-so, can we bring them? Okay. Oh, and, she was gonna bring so and so, and he might bring so and so. It's a you know, it's the chain yeah. effect. Yeah, and I was, and we were like, sure. It, like, it must have been like eighteen people, whatever. But it was great, and the thing that uh, it was nice getting to know new people. But it also created this dynamic where uh, we had not planned on like, what are we doing? Like we we knew what what time we were gonna eat approximately, and of course. We ate later than that. And then it was like, we ate kinda late. Like we were eating at like six o'clock. It's like, all right, what what about Thanksgiving night? Like what, how long are people gonna stay? Well, people with kids kinda started. Peeling off. Peeling off, peeling out. Then a few people stayed and we were like, let's watch a movie. And I don't know who suggested it. Somehow, we decided that we were gonna watch Footloose. Um, Footloose. Footloose, Kevin Bacon. 1984, okay. I guess. Have you seen that? I'm an American, yes. <laughs> I, have um, not, I have not seen that. Uh, sounds sounds painful. It's like um, your foot's loose. Uh, it's like, is this a medical drama? Yeah, I have seen like, Footloose. Doc, my foot's loose. What? But, but I have not seen Footloose. Must be with the ankle, I don't know. I haven't seen Footloose since, you know, that wave in the 80s where most people were watching Footloose. So, I kind of knew, and I've seen you. I've seen it, and you know that I know about like the famous speech and to the city council and stuff like that that you see like on YouTube and that kind of thing. And of course, the dances. I know about the dances in socks. Uh, that's really at the beginning. Mo- in fact, most of that like close foot action. <laughs> or is, is that Tom? Is Tom Cruise in that? No, you're thinking about Risky Business, probably. Oh. When he's dancing with just a shirt. Do you know that John Lithgow is in? 
um, he plays the pastor. Because the story of Footloose is that it's this um, sort of super conservative Midwestern town, which I actually thought was really interesting in light of Bleak Creek and like this story that we, I, I didn't think about Footloose one time when we were writing Bleak uh-huh. Creek. But it's interesting. Well, you know I didn't. Because you've got this super conservative uh, town where the pastor has a lot of control. He won't let him dance. And you can't dance. Oh. And Kevin Bacon comes in, new kid from out of town, and of course dancing is his thing. And it's the story of him trying to get the town to dance. <laughs> I mean, that's a Thanksgiving movie. Now, it isn't a Thanksgiving movie, right? But I discovered something that I've never heard anybody point out. I almost tweeted it, but then that takes a little more effort. Turkey Terry didn't feel like tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, there's a dance. <laughs> the town gets to dance. Um, at the dance, the camera is moving across the spread of food that's at the dance. And the food at the dance is unlike any food at any dance there has ever been because it's like whole baked pies and cakes. Thanksgiving. And then as you, as the camera tilts up and you see in the background at the end of the table, a turkey. There is a turkey on the table. It's Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving movie, but it's not Thanksgiving. It's just their dance. Mm. And I was like, has anybody ever noticed this before? There's a turkey. And then I thought about pausing it and rewinding it to make sure that it was a turkey, but then I was like, what if I rewind and it's not a turkey? That'll ruin it for me. And I'm Plus there's strangers watching. Turkey they, Terry. Who's this guy pausing the movie at the end and rewinding it? It was funny though, because it's one of those things that it's one of those things that happens that feels like a glitch in the matrix because Turkey Terry has spent all this time on the turkeys, getting the turkeys just right. He's seeing turkeys everywhere. And then all of a sudden he's watching Footloose and there's a turkey on the table? What are the chances? This is a glitch in the matrix. 100%. I and think. I want that glitch to remain. And I do think that it's true that there is a turkey on the table. I mean, there's pies on the table and then there's a large brown baked bird at the end of the table. It's, it's Thanksgiving. So Footloose is a Thanksgiving movie. And uh, you know what? Shepard watched it with me, uh, watched it with us because Jesse and I and then whoever else was left. He was into it, you know? We uh, we learned things. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is really held up. You know you, the thing that you do now when you watch movies and you're looking at an actor and you're like, it's 1984. How old was he then? How old is he now? And then you start looking at modern pictures of people. Same. You start seeing how the actors in the movie have aged, and you find out, oh, Chris Penn, Sean Penn's brother, who plays his friend, he's dead. He died in 2006. Oh, that's sad. And then you're like, what does Kevin Bacon look like? You're like, whoa, Kevin Bacon looks good. What has Kevin Bacon been doing to look so good? Not eating bacon, I'll tell you that. Dancing, dancing. So, um, and then that. You wanna hear about my Thanksgiving? Yeah, the the last thing I'll say is that watching a movie on Thanksgiving night opened up the floodgates Mm. and ended up seeing more movies in a shorter period of time. We went to the theater twice. Saw Knives Out, highly recommended, and then I've told, already, told, already told you about this. I saw yeah. Ford versus Ferrari, which is the ratio of how much I wanted to see a movie to how good it was. Like I didn't wanna see that movie at all. It's like a racing movie, I don't care. Ford versus Ferrari, you gotta see it. It's a, gr- it's a great movie, don't make that face. Have you seen it? You need to see it because um, 
I mean, of course it's got great actors in it, but it's just a really compelling story. My kids loved it. I loved it. Jojo Rabbit is the best movie of the year so far. You already so talked far, about that. But I saw that before Thanksgiving. What about your Thanksgiving, Neil? Uh, I didn't have a t- I didn't have a turkey. I mean, I, I I'm trying not to. You know what? I'm going to try to make this introspective and not a downer. But I think that there's okay. I just spoiler there's some downer elements to to my Thanksgiving. So it's like it doesn't have it's not bright eyed and bushy tailed like your you like your like your footloose turkey terry shenanigans. Footloose footloose and fancy free. Um. It, we we didn't have you know when we went to my nanny's house it's like you know she she and Aunt Vicky there we didn't want to burden them with having to make food and you know so nanny was she's not able to make her signature dressing that we used that dressing that we would get to like slather that gravy on it every year I grew up eating that it was like the perfect Thanksgiving dressing it's like has she written a recipe down uh. Cause that's how you got it. You got to hold yeah, on those recipes. That's a good point. Recipes we, from your relatives. We really it's need to really, ask for Really, that. really important that they write those down. That's one of the ways that we remember Jesse's grandmother. Is yeah, I need they to do make that. Those cakes that she used to make. Yeah, that's a good point because um, she's not able to make that, and like we didn't want to burden them to have to make stuff. So like we brought in bojangles, and so like that's our a good Thanksgiving, and like you know my kids were just. So excited! Like they couldn't because they knew we had planned this. Like we're gonna get bojangles for Thanksgiving at Nanny's house, and um, so that's quite a silver lining. I mean, it's not a Thanksgiving meal, but it but it's bojangles, and we never get that. So right, it was pretty right, great. Right. But you know they're they're not doing well, so it's like, and we're talking to Nanny about, and like she's like, I want to, I got to pull my will together. You know, I gotta. That's fun and, table and she, talk. And she's at. So here we are on Thanksgiving. We're like trying to. We're talking about the finer points of the will. You know, which is a very important thing to talk about. And it's we have been talking about it leading up to Thanksgiving. But like it was since we were together in the same room, we were talking about it a little bit. So it it tends to be a bit of a downer talking about a will, but it's it's also very important. And it's like uh, it. Unless you're a lawyer. Yeah. Um. So like that was kind of the vibe. This year, uh, there was there was no going to a gas station and playing cards. Like we we had planned things out a little better, but also Mom and Lewis weren't able to show up because of Lewis's health. And actually, the last time I talked about it on Ear Biscuits, you know, the, I guess it was the whole episode devoted to their visit out here and how he he basically almost died, right? right. And then. He, he he recovered well enough that he was able to. They were able to fly back home, and then re, I, I remember telling the story that like when he got home, he was like blowing off the his his garage with the leaf blower. Good, good, good. Well, I haven't talked about it since then, but uh, the update there is a few days after that he had a series of strokes. You know about this, but 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 they don't. So I'll just kind of bring him up to speed. And again, that was back in April. So ever since April, he's been in and out of the of the hospital and rehab facilities in order to um, to regain the ability to walk and gain gain uh, gain the strength to do things. Um, and he's uh, it's it's been it's been very difficult, but. 
right before we came back home for Thanksgiving was the first time that he came back home since April. He's been in and out of facilities this Just whole time. Just when you were home? Yeah. Like, I mean, back in July when we went home for, uh, when we were filming in Bowie's Creek for, uh, you know, the Bleak Creek Conversations documentary that is now on Good Mythical Morning. Um, we would film during the day and then every night I would go visit mom and Lewis in the hospital and he was he was basically, he was on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a ventilator may not be the right word. He, he, had a, he had a feeding tube and he was, he was not conscious. It was bad, like he had like four or five near-death experiences once leaving LA since April and so this is the first time seeing him in person and he, and he finally has gotten back home, which is great news. So he is on a road to recovery, but they weren't able to come to Nanny's house. We, we had Thanksgiving Bojangles at Nanny's and then the, later that afternoon we went to Mom's and saw Lewis and like he lost 65 pounds. He's like, looks like a totally different person. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, he looked a whole lot better than he did when I saw him, you know, all swollen and in the hospital every night when I'd visit them in July. But um, so, in a way, it was it was difficult, but it was also very good to to see him at home and know that like he had just been there a few days and like they were very thrilled to be there. I mean, you go, th- but we've learned so much through the process of like just talking to my mom multiple times a week and just seeing how slowly things move when you're trying to recover like that. But for him to be back at home was a big milestone. So it was it was certainly the one of the biggest headlines for us all to be grateful for is seeing him there. And then um, for his side of the family, he's got all his siblings that he wanted to visit. And then, so th- there was a question whether he'd be able to leave the house and have enough strength to uh, is it like walking? go visit. Um, he can, he he can walk some but he just you know his his body kind of wasted away as he was dealing with a series of infections that led to the near death experiences that I was talking about so yes yeah, just l- physically gaining the strength to be able to walk but he can he can stand he can like get in a wheelchair they're doing like therapy at home where he's like continuing to regain strength but he was able to go visit and be with his family when they got together uh on the next day so it's like it was it was so it was it was difficult going home and then like we go to Nana's house and we had a big Thanksgiving spread there it was absolutely amazing so and I I remember talking about our highlights of the year last year that like Mom and Lewis came to that they came to you know, to my Nana's house my my dad's mom's I talked dad's mom I talked about that but of course they weren't able to come to that but and and you know there's a sense of when you only go back home even at Nana's where it was like there was a lot more positivity it's still like okay there's still you know it's the second thanksgiving without my uncle and without uh papa Nana's you know lifelong partner and it's like so there's a sense of loneliness and and loss that still is very much there and i think it's it was important for us to be there and to to talk about that some as part of it. So it's mm-hmm. like you find yourself talking about those things as well and like 
my aunt saying she felt like that this Thanksgiving was worse than the previous one because when Thanksgiving rolled around last year, she was still in shock of the loss of right. you know, her husband. So in a lot of ways it was like, oh, this is the new normal for us, but you know, it's, you tr- you tr- it's, you try to see it not as, I, I'm trying to see it not as much just as like a downer, oh, isn't this sad, but more like it's sobering and it it does provide an occasion for us to say what we can still be thankful for. But it's not easy to do that, but I do think we tried to we tried to make the best of it. Like we dug out those, remember those old cornhole boards when we did that, we did a, that commercial for the, AJJ Cornhole, not the Cornhole song, but we also did a commercial for them. We shot it in your grandma's uh, yard. In their yard. Well, I was like going through their shed out there and I found the Cornhole set and like in the corn bags and they weren't all moldy and like we sat out there and it we played. It says like AJJ Cornhole on the Cornhole. Not that, right? not that was on ours, but apparently we got a bunch of free sets and like we left one at Nana's house. So like we're out there playing Cornhole and having a good time, but there's, you know, it's, it's it's also difficult when you you just go back as a family once a year, maybe twice, but the last time we had been back as a family was last Thanksgiving. So it's, you go back, it's been a whole year, everybody's a year older, and the older you are, the more palpable the age piling on is, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, um, so it's it's sobering in that way. You know, I got more gray every year. But you you know, and so then I, I just found myself starting to think more about, man, it's, as our, as my relatives get older, it's like you start to think about like, what's, what does care look like? What does, what does care for my mom look like as she has no siblings and I have no siblings and I live out here in Los Angeles, you know, it's like if it was, if it was her going through that and and not Lewis, as much as I tried to be there for her long distance over the phone and provide support, like how would that be different if it was if it was mom that had was having the strokes and you know it's like you can, you can and I guess there's a lot to plan for. It's like you can't over plan for things that you don't know exactly. You just got to be ready for the unexpected and and take it as it comes, right? But I just couldn't help but start to think about as relatives, as loved ones get older, it's like, well, how do you, how do you start to well, interact well, with that, you know? And there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of technicalities, like what you're talking about, you know, with your nanny, who's, what, she's in her 80s, right? Yeah. And like she's, she's getting her will stuff together now, which is, this is what a lot of people do, right? There's, right. Because there's, there's not just the will, well, she had one, but then you got to update it too. So it's not that she didn't have one, but it needed to be drastically updated because it had been so long. And and then there's like the end of life care questions, you know, and like mm-hmm. what, what, who's gonna take, who's gonna take care? Like, right at this point, everybody's still kind of, you know, no one's by by themselves because like your nanny has her sister, and then Lewis has your mom, right? And like my parents have each other. So it's like, but what what about when they don't? Yeah, and for they that don't stuff, have that. for all of that to happen to Lewis, it's like that was so out of the unexpected at his age. You know, it's like 
especially when you have grandparents that are living. You know, it's and every year, for years, we go back and say, well, you kind of think in the back of your mind, it's like, is this the last, is this the last year that you see the oldest relatives? But then there's th- the things that last year that blindsided us, and then this year that blindsided us with what happened to Lewis. So it's you know it's, um, again I get I I don't have any firm conclusions. I'm I'm trying to find the you know the there's still a lot to be thankful for, and I think we are, and I'm certainly glad that we went home. But it's um, it is I don't know it's a reminder that as much as you can't plan for it, there's some things you can, like having your will in place and talking about it so that people know what your wishes are. Um, and I think it's, 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 it's good for all of us. I know that we had to pull our wills together years ago. It's, the younger you are, the more fun it is to pull your will together because it makes you feel good that you're getting it out of the way. But the older you get, it starts to, it starts to feel a little bit more bleak, you know? <laughs> And people just don't, I mean, a lot of people just put that stuff off, they, you know, and they don't, they don't wanna have those conversations. I mean, just like, you know, just the conversation that you have to have with your, as you get to be middle-aged, the conversation you have to have with your parents about, you know, and like, it would be a conversation that I would have with my my parents and also my brother. Right. You, you figure out like, okay, well, what are we gonna, you know, when it gets to a place where our parents can't take care of themselves, what how, what does that look like? Yeah, Is one of them going to be living with you, with me? Are they going to be? You know, we're going to find some kind of care for them. Like, those are really difficult conversations to have, but. You kind of what you don't want to do is you don't want to be having to have those conversations in the midst of the crisis, right? Um, right. I sound like an insurance salesman, <laughs> but that, but that, but that, I mean, it's true, you know. Uh, you got to have those difficult conversations, right? But it's, I mean, and then we're we're staying with Christy's sister, uh, and we had a great time there. And then you know, it's it's nice because my nephew Nehemiah, he's like a little nut running around. So it's 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 nice to have the kids in the mix, you know, like he and Lando having a great time and but yeah, it was a bit of a I don't know, it 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 also not being there. So then when you go back, it's like, oh wow, everybody's everybody's older, you know? Ain't nobody getting younger. So it's it just feels it feels like, man, I'm you can't. You're not an active part of your of your loved ones' lives, or you're a much less active part of it, just because of the the sheer distance associated. Yeah. So it's, and it's just the way it is. And I think at this point, it's 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 the life that we live, you know. And it's it's not unusual. It's not wrong. Well, but what, it's not. But you know what it is? Is it's very unusual in the course of human history, because. It isn't until very recently, like a blink of an eye in the in the time scale of human history where people like, what do you mean? You don't live at the same place with your parents? Yeah. Like everyone did that. Um, and it's still, and obviously that's still the case in a lot of cultures, but especially here, it's just like, 
it's the exception to the rule if you live, you know, well, a lot of people are still kind of close in proximity, but mo- a lot of people were actually in the same homes, <laughs> you know, with multiple, multi, yeah. multi-generational homes. And yeah, I don't know, we haven't really figured out what, like the expectation that, I think the expectation still holds that your 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 family is going to be responsible for for your care in one sense, but it doesn't that doesn't mean what it meant for for most of history, which is like directly responsible for your care. It's right. more like no no we're going to get someone whose who whose job it is to care for old people. I mean that's there's a huge industry right, and right. it's just like a, it's just a it's a weird thing because. It wasn't ever like that. It wasn't like, oh, there are people whose job it is to come into our village and take care of the old people. No, that we do that. Yeah. Um, and I, do, you know, I haven't. Again, I'm st- starting. I've been prompted because of this experience to think about it, but it's not like I've started to figure it out. Or, but I do know that I'm not like, well, I wouldn't. That sounds gross, or I would never do that, or like passing preemptive judgment on what other people do or like, you know, it's, yeah. I know it's gonna be complicated. But thinking about it a little bit at a time is better than just continuing to put it off. So I think that's that's one of the applications. Um, and I think another one is just being, I, I, I'm very grateful that we went back and that the time that we spent there was was quality. You know, it was it was special. At each place, I remember. You know, it's it's the I I choose to to hang on to the moments and the memories, like when I I dozed off after eating all the bojangles on on the couch bed that that nanny sleeps on in the uh, living room, and I woke up to Lando and my aunt just dying laughing because. Lando was showing her how to use the 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 face filter thingies on uh I don't know if it's Snapchat or Instagram. I don't even use that stuff. But like she was cackling. This was her first experience with it. First experience with it. So it's like you you know, you eat your food, you doze off, and then you wake up to that and it's like that's 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 what we're here for. You hear for those moments when here for those filters. You hear for those moments when everybody can Everybody can share a laugh and everybody can share. Yeah, we know we're sharing the hurt of whatever it is that we're all feeling, but then at the same time we can also laugh at how stupid we look with these with these face filters on. Did was there turkey served at Nana's house? Yeah. So some people did consume turkey. But my my dad brought a um uh, honey baked a pork um he had smoked a pork a bunch of pork loins the week before for something else and he had a few more and so he heated one of those up and that's what I ate and it was amazing ham hmm. man we've got a lot to be thankful for yeah i'm thankful for what everything that we've had and the things that we don't have anymore i'm thankful that i once had it and that there was still a lot that we did have and to be had so and carry I'm that grateful. spirit of thankfulness through the seasons. <laughs> Don't just be thankful one day out of the year. Be thankful every day. Be thankful that another day has happened. 
and, and we're you're gear- a part of it. Yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, we're gearing up for our top our top tens of the year. That's the next episode, right? The last episode of the year, yeah. the next episode we're gonna do, yeah, the top 10 best moments of each of us. Oh yeah. Uh, in 2019. Uh, personal, professional, otherwise, what el- what, what else is there? You gonna sh- shut them down with a wreck? I got a wreck. Um, it's a podcast. You might be familiar with Radiolab, um, which is one of my favorite podcasts already. Well, uh, Jad Oppenrod, one of the, I'm probably saying his name wrong, one of the hosts of that show, uh, was gonna do an episode or so about Dolly Parton. Uh, and then when he got into the process, he realized that there was a whole podcast. So now there's a podcast called Dolly Parton's America, which I think is still a limited series, um, seven or eight episodes in right now. But I've been listening to it. I love it. And um, it's not just, it, it's, it's because it's not just about the details of like the history of Dolly Parton and like her career, but it's how uh, an icon like her has built this audience and then like what what she has done, what that says about our country and the state that we're in right now and the polarization of America and like the political divide and how Dolly has sort of overcome that in, in certain ways and why that might be and I don't even exactly know where they're going with it but it's just a really insightful like personal podcast and I've always been a fan of Dolly Parton. I mean I've been to Dollywood, I've made the pilgrimage but hmm. um, she's a special lady. All right, so that's Dolly Parton's Dolly America. Dolly Parton's America, Check highly recommended. Hashtag Ear Biscuits, let us know uh, what you think about the conversations we had today and uh, I gotta get out of here because I have to not pick up my daughter from uh, high school. High school. <laughs> Keep being grateful. Keep being thankful. Speak at you next Never week. Never stop.